Cool. So for all of our listeners out there, what's up? This is Jared with Heat Press Nation, and I'm joined by Mr. Big Brando himself. What's up, dude? Yeah, How you doing? Yeah, what's happening, man? What's happening? All right. So do me a favor. Intro yourself to the audience. Tell them what you're all about, what you do. Oh, yeah. So I go by the name Big Brando on YouTube. Um, my real name's Brandon. A lot of people already know that. Um, for myself... I teach people how to start small businesses from home, mm-hmm. make a little bit extra money. If you get rich, you get rich, but I want people to better their situation. So the information that I share on YouTube is highly, highly, it's geared towards the home guy that has a full-time job, that has kids, that's married, that just needs a little bit of extra money. You're calling and me that's out. That's, yeah, that's hey, me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. So that's the whole reason why I started the channel was just to help people out that are just like myself. I work a full-time job. I got kids. I got a wife. got a mortgage to pay. I need a little bit of extra money. So everything that I'm learning, I want to share it with everybody else. I love it. So how yeah. did you now, how, how did you find T-shirts? or Because that's, that's oh, your yeah. main focus, right? So I've been doing... I've been selling T-shirts since the 90s. Oh, wow. So okay, right on. started out screen Wait, printing. Wait, hold on. No, I don't know if I can ask you this yeah. on, on the record. If you want some on the record, how yeah. old are you? Because I would I'm not. I'm 38. I'm 38. No, you're not. Yeah. You're looking good, man. You're so I good. St- thank you. So I started in like 96, 97. Um, mm-hmm. That's when I figured out what screen printing was. Um, I learned the process. I started doing it from the garage, out of my house. And I just noticed that everything I was putting out, I enjoyed the process more than selling the stuff. So printing was like second nature to me. I enjoyed everything about burning screens to flooding the screen, all that stuff. But then as time went on and I wanted to build the business up, Mm -hmm. I really fell in love with selling products. So the process kind of took a backseat and then I really wanted to just sell products. And that's where I started just early 2000s, really, really moving shirts. And for me, I've always drew, so I would draw all the time. So I said, man, if I can make money with my drawings on shirts, then let's go for it, right? There we yeah. go. That's interesting, like, because that's one of the things that, like, when I started selling T-shirts, it's like, wait, somebody's willing to spend their money on oh, yeah. this that I created? It's like yeah. it's like a little natural high, man. Yeah, it is. And for me, that's the biggest challenge and the funnest part of the whole business is getting, like, a complete stranger mm-hmm. to spend their hard-earned money on a T-shirt that you made in your bedroom, right? Yeah. That, to me, is the funnest part of the business right now. Yeah. How stoked do you get? Have, or let me ask you this. Have you ever seen your shirts out in the wild? Like, you'd be walking yeah. around and be like, how, dude, how so stoked do you get? So that's such a weird feeling. Um, I'll give you a story is uh, this past July, I vend at a Hawaiian festival every year in mm-hmm. July. It's in, um, in Lawndale, California. Sell a bunch of T-shirts at that thing. My parents were at an Indian casino somewhere, maybe in Temecula somewhere. And there was a whole family wearing my T-shirts. So my dad was wearing one of my T-shirts and said, hey, where'd you buy that from? He said, oh, I bought from, you know, some tattooed guy at this Hawaiian festival. (laughs) My dad's like, hey, that's my son, man. So they took a picture with him and then sent it to me. And to me, that's like a complete stranger spending their money on a shirt that I made is the craziest feeling, man. Oh, that's so sick. And then when I was doing the churro stuff, um, I would sell shirts at Disneyland all the time. So Mm -hmm. seeing people walk around Disneyland, they don't even know who I am. They don't know nothing about my YouTube channel. But they're buying the shirts and wearing them with their families. It's kind of cool, man. That's sick. Are you still selling the churro ones? I haven't. You know what? The pandemic took a... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Put a hold on, on a lot of the churro stuff because that was my main focus was selling stuff at Disneyland. But, mm. um, you know, I might bring it back. Nice. Yeah. I kind of... I had that similar experience. So all my shirts are... Which is like one of these that says like Dos de Asada. Yeah. Like my whole t-shirt line is taco themed. Yeah. So if I wear one of my shirts to a taco stand... 
Yeah. Like it's almost guaranteed. It's like, dude, where'd you get that? And I'll just send them to my Instagram. And oh then, yeah. And then later on in the night, I'm like, did they buy? Did they yeah. buy? And, and you know, and a lot of times they do. And yeah. It's, 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 it's such a such a crazy feeling. It is. It, it's yeah. a trippy one, especially when it's food themed because. I like tacos too, right? So if I'm at a taco yeah. stand and I see somebody wearing something like that, I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool, man. Yeah. Like, there's a similar, like, uh, we vibe off of tacos, right? Yeah. So that's how the churro thing worked out for myself. I like yeah. them. I don't love them. But people just thought I had, like, this weird, like, sin- or they just thought that I just thoroughly enjoyed churros. But it was more so I wanted to make money at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> I, seen, I seen where I can well, make a little know, bit of okay, money. Well, you know, okay, so there's this, like, phenomenon that I've noticed where, like, people who go to Disneyland now, it's like... I don't know how to explain it, but you have to rock your best Disney t-shirt. You got to rock your yeah, best yeah. Disney gear. So people, there's a certain like crew of like the Disney faithful, like the Disney yeah. adults, like they're always on the hunt. Like, oh, okay. I, oh, that's a new Disney shirt no one else has. Yeah. It's almost like status. Like, hey, I got this dope shirt. Yeah. You don't have it. You know what's like, weird is uh, me and my family used to be pass holders long ago. Same. And um, that was the first thing I seen was people wear Disney stuff like a jersey, basically, like a favorite sports team, right? Yes. And that's when I started to say, all right, there's got to be a way I can make money here because we're going coming to Disneyland every week and yeah. I should be able to make some money. And then I started seeing people making like HTV t-shirts, but with like Mickey ears and stuff like that. I'm like, there's a way to make money and not use trademark logos and stuff yeah. like that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that was the whole idea behind that churro thing was churros are a big thing there. Obviously, people are into food that go to Disneyland, mm-hmm. and that'll be my way in. And it worked out perfect. Dude, that's such a such a great example of, like, there are so many different ways to capitalize on something without stealing the IP. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I feel bad that sometimes, like, you know, you go on Etsy or you yeah. go on wherever, and you just see people just straight up ripping Disney off. And yeah. it's like, dude, you guys could get in big trouble. I'm like, I feel yeah. like I'm more concerned for them. Yeah. Like, not like, like a self-righteous, like, Oh, you steal. It's like, no, bro, you're about to lose your house, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's and crazy. for me, it's, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the argument of Disney has all this money. Why do they care? For me, it's Disney already put in the work and now you're just trying to kind of capitalize yeah. off of yeah. all their hard work. Right. For myself, it's the challenge. Like I said, is trying to get somebody to buy something but also not using those trademark characters and then figure out right. how I could kind of leverage my way into this little space. And Etsy thing in Disney is huge. Yeah. There's so many people selling T-shirts and so many people doing stuff geared towards Disney on Etsy that I kind of wanted to be like the anti-Etsy guy and try to do it myself. And it worked out. But the like I said, the fun part of selling stuff is getting yeah. that stranger to buy from you. That's to yeah. me... Um, that's my high. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I see sure. somebody that wants to spend their money on my shirt because they like the idea or it was clever enough for them to ask me where I got it from, then I feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's sick. Oh, yeah. So now people who watch your videos, they're going to see a lot of HPN products in there. And yes, mm-hmm. this is an HPN sponsored podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But like, but what I think is cool is that you were using HPN even before you connected on like a professional level because yeah. you are you are an HPN affiliate of oh, ours. Yeah. Um, but you were using our stuff even before. Like, how did you find? Because at the time we were we were a lot smaller than we are now. Like, how, oh, did, yeah. how did you like? How did that connection come to be? Oh man! So, like we we're talking earlier, the first time that I came to your guys' old location in Brea, I had bought a signature series press on Craigslist. Used the bottom was bent. And um, I used that for years. Mm-hmm. So I said, man, I got to get me a new one. I thought that you got your store. I thought it was a storefront oh, okay, in Brea, okay. right? Yeah. So I said, I don't want to pay for shipping. I'm cheap. And I was like, I don't want to pay for shipping. <laughs> These guys are in California. I'll find them. 
So then what I did was I looked it up. I went down to your Brea location. And when I went in there, I opened the door and it was just a bunch of desks and computers. <laughs> yeah right in through that front door and everybody just looked at me like who the hell is this guy right and then i said hey i'm here to buy yeah. a press and they're like this is not a store and i don't know who it was they sat me down at a computer and we did like the online order yeah and then i went home with that that was like 10 years ago yeah and so when i did that um i didn't get a box with it or nothing the guy brought the press oh, out brought it straight just straight yeah, up like he that plugged oh, it that's in. Funny, it dude. was on the floor he showed me that it, it, it heated up and i was like cool man let's put it in my truck man let's go <laughs> But since then, that was like 10 years ago. And then I was using a, a used one for maybe 13 years before, you know, three years before that. And um, that press has never failed me once. So that was the biggest reason why I wanted to, to buy another one. And yeah, ever so like I have the ability to quote unquote upgrade. Everybody mm -hmm. thinks it's upgrade. But for me, man, that thing is a workhorse. Yeah. That's why I enjoy it. And even before I talk to anybody at Heat Press Nation, I was showing it in my videos and telling people about it because of that little slide out drawer. Dude. Now it's a super popular press and, and it's hard to find sometimes. And the I'll say this, I cruise Craigslist and offer up all the time. Yeah. These presses hold their value even on like if somebody's trying to resell it or, or whatever it is, if they're upgrading, you could buy them on Craigslist and offer up and they hold their value, man. Yeah, because it's a solid piece. So it I is. started... About seven years ago. Yeah. So probably a little bit. I got into it a little bit after you. Yeah. You know, found found HPN. I started just because, and I think I mentioned it in a previous episode. I just needed a job. So yeah. I also went on Craigslist, and I was like, it was funny. The first job I applied for was my first callback, first interview, and I was like, cool. Hey, I just need wow. a job. I had call center experience. So yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start. Zero pressing experience. Yeah. But within like a month or two, I had my signature series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it, like it, it just, it just clicked in me. Yeah. Like when I started, they started training me, and I was like, "Wait, you mean, like I could have a T-shirt custom done in a couple minutes?" Oh well, I'll tell you this. Um, when I first got mine off of Craigslist, mm -hmm. I didn't. I knew what heat pressing was, and I had a really cheap press at the time. When I seen that slide out drawer function, just from the pictures on Craigslist. I thought it was going to do all the work for me. Like I, I was so okay. blind to what I was getting myself into where I said, oh man, this one has this crazy feature where it slides out. And in my head, I'm thinking it's like going to print the shirts for me type of thing. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew of heat pressing, but I bought it thinking it was going to be like a that game was changer. Yeah. But yeah. It, w it ended up being a game changer because I wasn't burning my hands no more. And that slide, there was not a lot of presses at that time that had that function and to me, that was the biggest lifesaver yeah. for myself. Yeah. When we started at that point, we were a little bit more accustomed as a company yeah. to people showing up. We were still in that tiny little office. Yeah. But we set up a section of the hallway to be a showroom, right? Yeah. So I had, I had when I started, I, I burnt my knuckles real quick. I'm yeah, talking yeah, like first yeah. couple of weeks, I had already burnt myself. Oh, yeah. So that sold me on the slide out. But that, that oh, so I was saying that, that heat press that I bought almost seven years ago, still going strong. Yeah done same here. all my shirts and so i think it's a testament i i like it because i get to work for a company that puts out quality products yeah which like i've worked for companies that sold different various things mm -hmm. and i was just like yo like yeah you know <laughs> yeah like, i'm not trying to push this outside but now it's and it's funny because i feel like i have a whole life outside of heat pressing mm -hmm. uh, i'm a musician i'm involved yeah. like in my church community uh, with like the worship team, so yeah. we, get, so you know, it's funny every now and then, like the worlds kind of collide, and like the other day, I I I was at a I was at an event 
And one of the pastors there, he's like, oh, hey, I watch all your videos. And I was like, I'm not in many like worship videos. Like, I'm not yeah. like, what does he mean? Like, I'm not in any videos. And he goes, he goes, no, 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 your heat press videos. And I was like, yeah. oh, how do you know that? <laughs> like, it's, I feel like, feel like yeah. they're so separate, but it's just, it's just funny when the worlds collide, I guess. It does. It yeah. does. It happens to myself a lot. And um, the best part is when I was at Impressions Expo uh, this past January, mm. There were so many people of different age groups that were stopping to talk to me, right? And that to me is always an eye opener to, you know, I cuss a lot in all my videos, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I talk to the people that talk like me. But now I'm a little bit more privy to there's a whole different age group that's also watching. And those guys don't mind the language, but at the same exact time, I understand that they're retaining the information, whatever I'm saying. Yeah. And it's made for everybody. It's made for everybody. Yeah. But I, I think, I think like, because you're so authentic, and that's one of the things that I really like appreciate about what you bring to the table. Thank just you. not just to like, oh, to heat prestation, but like to mm -hmm. the industry. Yeah. Like, like you're an authentic dude. I was watching one of your, I think it was one of the BSing with Brando episodes. Yeah. And and when you were saying how like a DTG company offered you like thousands. Yeah. And then you're like, but f that. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, it's not the money, right? And yeah. I tell a lot of people that I work with, if you're gonna try to control the narrative around my content or something like that. Yeah. I can't work with you because my channel's built around the stuff that I use and how I use it to make money. Yeah. If all of a sudden I'm showing blenders and I'm showing all kind of different stuff just for the check, then it's kind of, you know, I, I would hate for my channel to go down that route and then confuse people on certain yeah. things, right? So I've never switched up on the press. The press is always the same. Everything I use has been the same since I got onto YouTube. Yeah. Um, it, it's, to me, that's, the most important part about creating content is there's a weird responsibility that we have as content creators yeah. that um, the people that are watching, it's easy to sell them anything and it's very easy to get caught up in, I have affiliate links with all these other companies and this is right. what you should do and I'm gonna review all these presses. But I think you just confuse the viewer at that point, right? Yeah. Because now you're offering a million different things and then they're trying to figure out which one's the best for them. You know what I mean? And to me, I would hate for my channel to look like a NASCAR car where it's just a million different sponsors and yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think it's that like authenticity and like keeping it simple. Like, Hey, this works. Yeah. I would say if as an outsider looking in, I'd say that's a big part of why people just love you. And why, like, yeah. hey, even somebody like, an, you know, somebody who like may not be so cool with language, like they're still going to watch because like, where else are they going to get that kind of authenticity? There's yeah. not a lot of creators in the industry who are willing to, put their money where their mouth is like yeah. that, you know? And I think that's where uh, my downfall as a content creator is just that, is because I don't play the YouTube game like the standard YouTuber would. Right. Um, I turn away a lot of checks and I turn away a lot of offers on certain things because I don't feel it fits my brand. But at the same exact time, the viewer comes first to myself. And I would hate to confuse the viewer. I would hate to mislead the viewer in, in any way because the viewer to me is the guy at home looking to make extra money, make more money, figure out how to do things on a tighter budget, right? I understand all these people can't be maxing out credit cards on this stuff. Right. So I tell them, don't max out the credit cards. Don't take out these loans and just get it from your day job money. Save up, buy it. And then at that point, if they're still willing to listen, then the information shared on my channel will help them out. If they yeah. don't want to listen to that, maybe the information on my channel <laughs> isn't for them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So like how, okay. So of all the ingredients, cause obviously you have to have like valuable information, mm -hmm. authenticity. Unfortunately, it seems like all the channels 
blowing up nowadays. I feel like there there's a lot of fluff going on. Yeah. Just a lot of people riding coattails of the latest trends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so like you don't see a lot of like the the true creators blowing up. So how surprised were you when you hit 100k on YouTube? That was crazy. To me it was I didn't understand it until people started saying it in the comments cuz yeah. I never looked at su- like the subscriber count or anything like that. that. <laughs> Sorry, that blows my mind that you didn't look I feel like everybody yeah. looks at their subscriber count. Yeah. That's crazy. For me it was always just I need to put up a video or two a week, right? That was mm-hmm. just my thing. So I never really looked at the count until people started mentioning it in my comments. And I said, oh, man. Then my wife said, hey, everybody's talking about you almost hitting 100K. And then we started looking at it. Yeah. To me, it's crazy to think that there's 100,000 people out there interested in anything that I have to say. That's kind of the crazy part. But also, that means there's 100K people out there that are looking into getting into T-shirts and starting their own business and make a little bit of money. For me, it's pushing the heat presser, the home heat presser, mm-hmm. into a bigger light. Because for so long, heat pressing's been in this weird negative light for the yeah. longest time. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to Impressions Expo when it was ISS and long time ago when it was mainly screen printers there. And the heat press guy used to get the worst rap out there, man. And it, it was tough for the long... Even when I first got onto YouTube, there, there was a lot of negative backlash around my channel. One, because I talked about transfers and the guys that were using transfers didn't want me sharing that information, the gatekeepers. And then on top of that, it was always heat pressing is horrible quality. What it is is... I hate that. Yeah, some people (laughs) didn't do their due diligence and figure out how to lay something down. So they got a horrible shirt and they blamed the press and not the operator. You know what I mean? And that's all it is. And I think the years I've been on YouTube, it was kind of course correcting that, trying to help people understand that. Even screen printers can cure the ink incorrectly and be a horrible shirt. You yeah. know what I mean? And that fight, I fought by myself for a long time until more creators came and backed me up. Then I felt a little bit better. But I, I took those hits early, man. Because yeah. when I got onto YouTube, there wasn't too many people talking about starting a brand with the heat press. There's a few guys, the t-shirt help desk, shout out to that dude. He was on there showing a lot of stuff. And then I think there was a guy named... Uh, can't even think of his name, but he was making faith-based shirts. Oh, Cartez Ross. That guy. Yeah. yeah. Love him. Yeah. So he was showing transfers, like stock transfers and stuff like that, but that was it. There was nobody showing how to start a clothing brand or a streetwear brand yeah. with the heat press. So that's the only reason why I jumped onto YouTube to provide that information to people. Because I was using these gang sheets and I'm like, man, I'm making a killing off these things. Yeah. How come nobody's talking about it? And then yeah. people just started hating me, man. At that <laughs> <point>. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. Like that's that's how I felt when I when I but that's why I jumped in. I like when I started working because yeah. to me it was at first it was just another job. Yeah, straight yeah, up. Yeah, just another. Hey, I need money, right? Yeah. But within like a month or two, I was just like, I was sold. I was like, wait, this stuff is cool. Yeah. And and I thought the same thing. Like, how is everybody not on this? How is there not a heat press in every garage in America yeah. or whatever? Right. Oh, yeah. Like, it, yeah, it's really mind blowing. But I think it, I think it also appeals to a certain type of person. Like it's to me, it's the creative entrepreneur. Yeah. When I talk to people outside of this, like I'm at a, a party or a wedding reception, whatever, you're sitting with people you don't know. Yeah. Hey, what do you do? And I tell them, like, yeah, I work for a company and, and we, you know, we sell t-shirt making equipment. Yeah. Okay, cool. And they, they don't care. You tell that to people who are creative entrepreneurs, they have that vibe and they're like, shut up. And then they're the yeah. ones who are like, it just, I feel like it just like clicks. It just, it just turns something on in the brain. It does. Yeah. It does. And for the home guy, like the guy that's creating from home. If you looked at how to make T-shirts from home outside of looking at a heat press, 
the experience is messy, right? If you're looking at screen printing, yeah. there's nobody that's going to be screen printing out of their bedroom and being able to wash out screens and reclaim ink and, and yeah. clean screen, all that stuff. And the alternative is plugging in a heat press and being able to knock it out from your bedroom. Yeah. That's appealing to the the guy that only has like $400 to spend, you know yeah. what I mean? And wants to get into this thing. Yeah. We have people who like some of my customers that I talk to, they have, they, they literally like live in a trailer yeah. And like, they're like, hey, I'm in this RV. Uh, you know, I go across the country doing these because, you know, they're already doing other stuff. Like, yeah. They're doing like the, they're doing the dog show circuit oh, or yeah. uh, the rodeo circuit. Right. Yeah. I live out of my trailer, uh, but I need a heat press. And it's like, that's crazy. What other options do they have? No. Like there, there's I, not much yeah, that they can I think do. It's so cool. Yeah. For me, it's those guys that, like you said, are going out and they're they're doing dog shows or whatever it is, right? Because yeah. a lot of the guys that that I help out are tattoo artists, right? Mm -hmm. They already draw, and now their wife could be at home pressing up shirts, so when they go to the tattoo expo, now they have merch to sell, right? Yeah. Same thing with barbers. There's a lot of guys that I help that didn't know that they can do this and be hands-on with it, and it just takes a little bit of guidance. That's all yeah. it is, just a little. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty unique in this situation where you have multiple successful T-shirt lines, mm -hmm successful YouTube channel, I feel like a lot of the young guns would be like, or just a lot of people, not even young guns, but just a lot of people starting up would be like, oh, this guy, he's ready to quit his job any day now, but you keep your side hustle on the side. Yeah. Like, can I ask why? Like, how, like why haven't you quit your day job? For, for what I do, I, I've been, I've created a career about 20 years now. Um, okay. I'm a photographer outside of here, or outside okay. of doing t-shirts, right? And it's for a huge corporation. And for me, that's the easiest job in the world, right? I get paid to take pictures. Why nice. would I want to quit that? You know what I mean? That's a dream job <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people. And it's very hard to get a staff photography job in America, period. Yeah. So for myself, if I've created that for myself, there's no way I'm giving that thing up. You know what I mean? And I've been able to climb the corporate ladder after these almost 20 years. I think it's been like 18 years or something like that. The, I have no college degree. I look the way I do tattooed on my head and I'm in this corporate space now that they look at me as an equal now before it wasn't it, it was I started in the mailroom like yeah and from the mailroom I found out that there was a print shop at this company I was pushing the mail delivering checks and I heard all this crazy noise hey what are you guys doing back there it's a print shop I didn't know nothing about reprographic printing I went there to work after my shift was done for free and just to learn reprographic printing then they hired me on into that department, and then I found out there's a photography department. I didn't know nothing about corporate photography, so I went to go work with them for free. And it was just hard work beat out having a degree, but yeah. it was a slow climb for myself. So now it's it'd be dumb for me to give that up. Of The accomplishment for myself is just being able to climb the corporate ladder, looking the way I do, coming from where I come from with no degree at all, yeah. when everybody else at that company has a degree, you know what I mean? So I feel like for myself, I need to do it for the guy that's just like myself. But at the end of the day, I get paid to play with a camera and play <laughs> on Photoshop, like I'm not giving that up, you know oh, what I mean? dude, I love it. And for myself, the clothing brands and stuff that I do and, and YouTube and selling t-shirts, that's fun. I have two shops and everything's going the way it should be going. Mm -hmm. But I could manage my time in between family time, working a full-time job, and doing the T-shirt and YouTube thing on the side. But sometimes 
if t-shirts are getting a little too crazy, YouTube takes a back seat, man. That, I think yeah. that's why I'm a horrible content creator <laughs> is because I don't, uh, like I said, I don't take it as serious as everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And some guys, this is their full-time gig. So I understand creating content is everything to them. Yeah. For myself, it's not. Like I take one Sunday every month and I record a bunch of videos. That's kind of how I operate. And then I just edit them down as when I have time, then I put them up. So you so basically your your day job supports your side hustle. <laughs> yeah. You know what's crazy is my day job pays the bills, right? Yeah. The side hustles and the businesses, YouTube, everything else outside of that. I was able to retire my wife like 8 or 9 years ago. Um oh. and for that that's what t-shirts and everything supports, you know what I mean? So it was a easy transition for myself to just say, "Hey, look, I can manage both of these things." Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my so my this this is my I I used to run a couple. Mm -hmm. I had a uh, I was a print broker. Yeah. Kind of like the offset printing, yep. you know, I was working with one of the local print shops. I was a print broker. Yeah. I had that business and then I had cust I would do custom jobs like mugs, t-shirts, mm -hmm. custom for for people. And then I had my own t-shirt line. Yeah. And then as soon as my wife got pregnant, like yeah like everything like yeah. i didn't i didn't know how to balance it all like oh, yeah. I, I feel like i was barely hanging on by a thread as it was so i feel like all my side hustles have just like really taken a back seat yeah. which i i'm not sad about because i've gotten to spend a lot of time with her got to spend a lot of time with the baby oh yeah and so now this year because he's six months old now yeah. so now this year i'm like okay this year like i'm gonna do it we're gonna rebuild we're gonna get get everything yeah. back going in and and I love hearing like from people like you like that it's possible. Yeah. Because some of the things that like when I when I come up against it, I'm like, wait, how am I gonna how am I gonna freaking do this? Like, yeah. it, is this even possible? But but hearing success stories like for me, it's inspirational. Yeah. Because and it lets me know I can. There's so many people in that same situation as us, right? That work yeah. a full time job, that have babies and have families, and also want to do the you know side business and stuff like that. What we don't talk about enough on YouTube or as a content creator is how to do that, right? And yeah. to me, it's just time management. What I would do, especially when my son was young, was I used to just take two hours out of my day. Mm -hmm. That was it. Uh, I made sure I did two hours out of the day to do T-shirt related stuff, whether it's designing, pressing, fulfilling orders, whatever it was. Um, and that just kept me accountable every yeah. day, right? So maybe I'll do like an hour before I go to work and an hour when okay. my kid goes to bed or sometimes those two hours will turn into four hours at night or, but I made sure I did two hours and yeah. that was, so I didn't lose the hunger, right? And I didn't lose on, cause it's easy to just go home and sit on the couch and oh, watch Netflix, you know what I mean? And <laughs> too easy, yeah, bro. yeah. But if I could do that, then I could work on something that I want to, you yeah. know, make some money with. That's my, I don't want to say I'm motivated by money, but at the end of the day, that's what we're doing this for, right? Yeah. Is we have a passion to do it, but at the same exact time, passion doesn't pay the bills. Right. So for right. myself, if I can make money and I'm just sitting on the couch, then I'll be Instagram marketing and doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? And that was, uh, I say it a lot in my videos and people find it funny, but it's very true is I do a lot of my Instagram marketing, like direct marketing, mm -hmm. um, when I'm using the restroom, man, I'm sitting on the <laughs> toilet. I'm already on my phone. I could cruise TikTok right? or I could do a little bit of marketing. And Dude, that's so true. Yeah. And people, like I said, people think it's a joke, but that's the exact truth is if I'm sitting down on the couch or the toilet or wherever I'm at, if I have 10 minutes, then I'd rather spend those 10 minutes doing something for the business instead. Yeah. And I'm not one of those crazy, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'm going to grind 24 hour type of dudes. No yeah. way, man. Sleep is very important to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask that yeah. because like, I feel like, like, like 
there's a there's definitely like a burnout culture oh, yeah. going on right now. Where it's like, hey, if you're sleeping, you're losing. Yeah. It's like, oh shoot. It's like, what are and and again, I feel like I'm asking for me, but also yeah. for like our listeners. Like, what are like some practical things that you like? If you could give some tips, like like hey, here, this is how you don't lose your mind. Yeah. Running your family full time and your side hustle. Like. For myself, it's family time should always come first, right? Um, for myself, if I'm hanging out, if I'm playing basketball with my youngest, if I'm going to eat with my oldest, if I'm just having a good time, mm-hmm. phones down, that's it. You know, I don't want to have to do YouTube comments and Instagram marketing for my T-shirts and stuff like that. But I make sure family time is first um, because that's basically what we're doing it for, right? Provide yeah. for our family. Um, and I always feel like if I'm too busy working, then I'm wasting time with my family and I'm not, you know, that's what I'm doing this for is so I could spend more time with my family. Right. Um, but the biggest thing is time management and using that time wisely. Sometimes people will have like the creative block where they'll sit down in front of their computer and just look at it because they don't know where to start. Right. <laughs> yeah. So for myself, it's just if you're sitting down and you're going to do something, do anything. And then hopefully something works out for you, right? And sometimes those ideas are trash, man. Like I got hard drives <laughs> full of designs and ideas that are not going to work out, but it was just the exercise of going through it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like I'm outside of this t-shirt world. Mm-hmm. I'm a musician. Yeah. And one time I heard one of my favorite songwriters. He goes, sometimes you write 50 terrible songs yeah. to get you to the one good one. Oh yeah. And that blew my mind because every time I would start one, like if it didn't start sounding good, like after a couple minutes, yeah. like I would trash it and just get discouraged. Yeah. And it's funny how that kind of like bled into the t-shirt world. Like it's, I love how you, how you're saying you have tons of like just crap designs or yeah. whatever, right? I have tons of crap designs yeah. that will never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. But it was when I was doing this one, it's just like, oh, but I could bring this back. And, and it's exactly. like, yeah, it's so crazy how that works. Yeah. Like, and everybody thinks, well, on YouTube and Instagram, people only share the home runs, right? <laughs> hey, this is the best design ever. For me, it's not that. Because I, I know there's a ton of crappy ones that come with it before yeah. you get that home run, right? But that's the part of YouTube that I don't like is everybody only shares the success story of YouTube, yeah. right? My channel shares a lot of my mistakes because... Everybody makes these mistakes. And I would hate for somebody to glorify my channel and say, oh, this guy has it made. He's doing everything that I mm-hmm. want to be doing. There's a lot of really, really bad designs and a lot of money lost because of my mistakes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the stuff that I like to share with people on YouTube. And I say this a lot because what I say is take your T-shirt selling advice from somebody that sells T-shirts. A lot of times it's easy to get blinded by the content creator that's just talking about the T-shirts but doesn't really sell them themselves, right? Because there's so many of those dudes out there. There's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot. (laughs) And if that's how you make your money, cool. But what it does is it gives a lot of people false hope and it gives a lot of people the wrong direction, I think. Yes. So the only way I could combat that is my channel has to be geared around there are mistakes and there are times that you lose money and there are times that learn from my mistakes. That's all I'm sharing it for is let me waste the money for you before you do it. Right. And a lot of people don't share how to sell the t-shirt. Everybody just shares, Hey, these are the transfers you use. This is the heat pressure you use. This is how I'm making the shirt. Yeah. Nobody talks about selling it. And that's the part that where my channel comes in is I'll show you guys how I'm selling these shirts. It's hard work, but it's working for me. It yeah. might work for you. Dude, the sale is the hardest part. It is. For sure. It I have, is. It's, 
to me, it's so much harder to get somebody to buy it. Yeah. Then anybody can just cut and press a shirt or, or get a transfer and press it. Yeah. Selling, that's what's rough. Is and, there is there yeah. a shirt that you had where you're like, this design is sick. I'm going to make a million of these. I'm going to stock it deep because everyone's going to love it. And then like, yeah, didn't pan out. Yeah. So this past July, I did this, um, the ska man that's, uh, he's wearing a tuxedo and he has a two-tone underneath there. I put his hands into shakas. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought everybody's gonna want this, right? Because in the Hawaiian culture, ska, reggae is a big deal. It's gonna be funny that the guy has shakas and it'll work out. I put it up on Instagram. There's a lot of people that liked it. And uh, it's very easy to get blinded by that and think those lights are gonna you know, equal dollars. Yes. So I put that shirt out and like two people bought it. And I was like, so bummed out that, oh, yeah. Man. And in my head, that was the home run. I was like, man, this one right here, this is going to do it for me, man. Thousand <laughs> sold. Two sold. And that was it. Oh, and man. Those, to me, the way I, I test out a lot of stuff is I'll cut it out on vinyl first before I order transfers. And I'll wear the shirt around and just to test it out. I need to get the crowd's reaction of the shirt before I order transfers. Yeah. The crowd reaction was good. That that design looked good. A lot of people reacted to it, but nobody bought it. And I was like, man, this is so heartbreaking, man. But it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Was there a surprise shirt where you thought like, you know, I'm going to put this one up if it sells, it sells. And then it just like the churro shirt. The churro okay, shirt okay. was the biggest thing for me was I made it. I cut it out on vinyl. I told my wife and um, she was like, that's a good idea, but I don't know if it's right for this crowd, right? So I said, all right, let's just see what happens. The first day I wore it to Disneyland, man, there were so many people that were stopping me from cast members to people there. Like, where'd you get that? Yeah. And then I knew I had something on my hands. And literally, I put the mock-up onto Shopify while I was still, like, from my phone. I was standing in line. <laughs> That's sick. And um, I didn't even have transfers made yet, but there were so many people asking. I had to send them to the site. And yeah. That one right there was the biggest moneymaker ever. And that was... Oh, so that's, that's your best shirt of all time? Not of all time, but for that time, thousands sold like within a wow. month. Thousands. Up. Yeah. Oh, that's the dream right there. And it, it, the crazy part was very little marketing and it was mainly word of mouth. And then I did everything backwards. I ended up creating an Instagram account like two or three months later after mm-hmm. I was already selling it. And it was just by people asking about it, seeing me in the parks. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. And that one, it worked because I knew who I was going to sell it to. I knew where I wanted to show it off. So every time I went to Disneyland, I just put the shirt on and wore it around and I was selling them. And my phone's going off while we're waiting in line and just sales are coming in. So I told my wife, I said, man, this is an easy call, man. (laughs) And it, it... like you said, those Disney go-hards, like the the really faithful Disney yes. people, yeah. they love that stuff, man. They oh, eat it yeah. up. Yeah. They're, dude, they're the ones who are paying like what, like almost two grand for a pass yeah. nowadays? Yeah. It's like, dude. But that's crazy. the part, like I said, if I showed everything on how I marketed that shirt, mm-hmm. how I sold it, how I, the transfers I was using, everything was shown on there. And there's not a lot of people on YouTube. Now there is maybe, but before there wasn't that many people showing that process yeah. of everything. And that was the only reason I created that thing. Man, why are people so afraid to share like how the sausage is made? Yeah, I think to me, it's uh, they feel everybody's competition and they give up their secrets and somebody else is going to do it. But for myself, I think that everybody in the world owns T-shirts. Yeah. So everybody like, is a customer at that point. And people think that, all right, if I tell somebody how to do it, then they're going to do everything that I do and take all my customers. We're not making the same designs. Even if we were, we would still be able right. to sell stuff. Like the pie is so big, we can yeah. all get a slice. Like, oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And that's the part that, like, to me, knowing, because oh, I forget the exact number, but Etsy does, like, over a billion in revenue a Jeez. year. And I'm just like, wait, what? Etsy? Yeah. And so it's like, dude, 1% of 1% of 1% is still not bad. Like, dude, yeah. like, there's so much to go around. Like, I never understood the, the gatekeeping for how it's done. Yeah. Um, people ask me, like, hey, how'd you make your shirt? And I'll tell them, like, so, oh, so this is my true shirt. I didn't sell yeah. thousands. Yeah, but, yeah. But, like, I posted this exact shirt on my Instagram. And then at the end of the day, I had like 25 orders, which for me, I hadn't even launched my own brand yet. Yeah. I had only done orders for other people. Mm -hmm. So I was like, dude, 25 orders at the end of one day, I was like, I got to do this. Oh, yeah. And so, and so, yeah. So, so it's just vinyl. And people ask me, like, hey, how'd you do it? And I was like, you know, this is, and I try to make it sound professional because I work here. So I'm used yeah. to the sales pitch. I'm like, well, this is a heat transfer vinyl cut on a, blah, 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 yeah. Blah, you, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's, I, I get people ask me, like, so wait can I do this with stuff from Michael's? And I was like, yeah, yeah. you can, if you really wanted to, yeah. please buy from Heat Press Nation. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause oh, yeah. you know, my, my salesman kicks in. Yeah. But the truth is like, yes, you could. Can I start uh, a t-shirt line with my cameo cutter or my cricket cutter? Yeah. Dude, people are doing it and they're making like lots of money. Yeah. There's a lady that, that I've been working with, well, not even working with, but just kind of talking to mm -hmm. for a few years now. She still has a cameo. I think she has a cameo four now, but she had a cameo three. All she sells is decals and she does six figures every year oh off of decals God. and it's She's just her and her daughter. Now. Yeah. And, and people think you have to recreate the wheel every single time. And all she's doing is just creating decals and she does it for the people that have like the hydro flask and stuff like that. Yeah. And all she does is market it to those people and everybody needs stickers for their stuff and she kills it so every good. year. And it's just decals and... I mean, I would hate to sit there and weed all that stuff out, but, you know, she does Same. it and it, it works out for her, man. Yeah. So the people that bash the small cutters and, and creating these businesses like that, yeah. you know, they're, they're just talking crazy because yeah. there's people really making some serious money out here with these small craft cutters. And there's no she has no need to get a bigger cutter. Like yeah. if everything's working for her the way it is, so be it. I built my whole business off. I started with a cameo too. Yeah. And then I accidentally dropped it and then I broke it. It was on like a really high shelf. Yeah. Anyways. And, and so now I still have my cameo three. The yeah. four is out. They have the pro, whatever. Like, yeah. I'm good on my cameo three. Oh, yeah. And that's what I've been running my whole side business on. Yeah. And it works. It, that's it, man. As long as it works. That's why I'm, I don't get caught up in the upgrade your gear thing. Yeah. I'll upgrade when stuff breaks. And so far, nothing's broken, so I don't need to upgrade <laughs> anything, right? Yeah, for it real. It just works. It yeah. works. And for myself, the the space that I'm in, especially YouTube and the content creators and the guys that are pushing the new gear and new equipment and stuff like that, they're making all these review videos. People come to my channel and say, hey, what do you think about this machine? Or what do you think about this? I'm like, man, I don't have no experience with it, so I have nothing to say about it. Yes. And then people think, well, why don't you upgrade because everybody else is upgrading? So I don't I don't need to, so I'm not going to waste the money just to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? And some people find that offensive because they come to me looking for the answers, and I don't have those answers when it comes to new gear and, and new equipment and different presses. But they, they get bummed out when I say I'm still using my, you know, Signature Pro. I'm still using my Cameo. And they think, well, you haven't upgraded to this or you haven't did that. And like, That's not an upgrade to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you have because you have the experience. You know what works. Yeah. And I think I think that's something that's often missed when people come at like, well, how come you don't have the Stalls Fusion? Yeah. You know, I get because I get that question a lot yep. from my customers. They say, Well, what do you have? You work there, you get a discount. What yeah. do you, what do you have? I'm like, I still run my signature series, yeah. 1620 Auto. 
how come you don't have the Stoss Fusion? I don't need the Stoss Fusion. That's it. Like That's it. And I think a lot of people think, like I get this all the time, it's just the, the upgrade is what everybody's kind of going for. Mm -hmm. But if I don't need to upgrade, then so be it. And a lot of people don't understand that a lot of those presses, it just comes down to production. And yeah. if I'm knocking down 100, 150 shirts with my Signature Pro in a sitting, at that point, like, I don't need anything. Nothing's going to make me work faster at yeah. that point. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? This press isn't going to make me press faster or anything. So it just, it works for myself and I just stick with it. Yeah. That's Unless it. the press comes with like a free operator to run it for yeah, me. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it, man. You're going to send me an employee to run it? Sure. Yeah. And that's... um. Like I said, a lot of people get bummed out when they come to my channel looking for those types of reviews. And, and I rarely review anything like a standard review. Mm -hmm. It's just, let me show you how I use this thing and my settings and this is it. Same press, it, nothing's changed up since, you know what yeah. I mean? Do you ever have any of your, like any of your kids or your wife, are they ever in there pressing with you or is that kind of like your domain? Uh, not too much. Um, my son will come help out, but doesn't really, not hands-on pressing, but... Okay. Um, a lot of times it, it's like he'll want to record me pressing or he'll want to record okay, cool. uh, stuff that I'm doing. He, he gets a kick out of my youngest son gets a kick out of like TikTok videos and stuff like that. So he always wants to recreate those. So when he comes to the shop, then he'll just record me doing stuff, oh, that's cool. which is cool. But um, the the labor part, none of the kids want to do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I have my, my wife. She's weird. She's one of those people who enjoys weeding. Oh, yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah. But I'm like, hey, babe, I got like 15 of these customs you want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll go out. I'll get you lunch after. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I get that a lot. People say it's kind of therapeutic and they enjoy the weeding Dude. process. Oh, there's no way, man. I hate it. Yeah. yeah. My eyes start going bad. And, and that that's the... Uh, I could put on music and I could sit there and do like one design or something. But if I did like by run and I had like 15 designs oh, on one man. thing, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. I hate. Yeah. I procra I ended up procrastinating so far. Yeah. That I literally at the very last minute, I'm there midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Yeah. Because I could have done it all week, but because I hate weeding so much, I'm, yeah. I'm there at the very end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people say, oh, man, why don't you just get a DTG printer and do this? And then oh, you don't geez. have to. Then you got to. There's no more weeding. For myself. Uh, I've had the constant battle of the DTG thing mm -hmm. for, for the longest time on my channel. What a lot of people don't know is I own DTG printers. I don't show them on my channel really? because I don't want to put nobody in debt to thinking that they need this to create T-shirts, right? right. right? Um, one of my buddies, um, Dave from Local Roots, he, he's a business partner of mine. When he got into DTG early, like long time ago, he built one, right? So he converted the Epson printer and he built the. The reason he did that was he needed to learn how the machine worked because mm -hmm. if something goes down, he buys one, he needs to make sure he could fix it up, right? Yeah. We still have that machine till this day still operating. Still running? And we Dang. have some from bigger companies that, that we've purchased and used. But to me, that technology is really cool, but it's not the best thing for somebody that's just trying to start up. It's the worst thing to show somebody that's just trying to start up. Right. Because that price tag is hefty. And, yeah. a lot and then of the people, maintenance, right? Like the daily maintenance that is That is the hardest part. And if you don't know what's wrong with the machine or if you don't know why something's clogged up, mm -hmm. then you have $15,000 machine just sitting there collecting dust. Yeah. And it's very hard for people to get hands on with the maintenance part of it. You know what I mean? If they're not, you know, if they're not privy to how that 
technology works. Yeah. I usually, when my customers on the phone, they're asking me, because I'll go through the whole line. Yeah. Because we get a lot of people, and I love it. Yeah. People who call them and say, hey, I hear you guys are great for the first stop. Well, I want to start a t-shirt company. What do I need? And yeah. they're literally super green. Yeah. And I'll be like, so as we're going down the line, they're like, well, what about DTG? And I'm like, look, if you have a, if you're going to, if you have the capital to start a full-time shop, yeah. this is going to be your full-time job from day one. Go ahead and day one start with the DTG because at least you'll be there all day. Yeah. You know, that you could afford to make that your main focus. Oh, yeah. If it's not your full time, like, or you have somebody, like an employee, like full time to be there, it's going to be rough. And you have to, oh, and, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, you kind of have to keep it busy all day to you keep do. it worth the every monthly day. payment or, yeah. Every day it has to run. Um, we have to control the humidity in there because it affects the lines. There's a lot that goes into it. And, I've turned down huge checks from some of these DTG companies because they mm -hmm. wanted to put one of those machines on my channel. Mm -hmm. And there's no way. I'm like, I'm not going to sell this machine for one because everybody that watches me doesn't have a budget for that. Yeah. And I don't want the responsibility of putting somebody in debt because I said, hey, you should buy this. When you watch these DTG videos, it's just showing the process, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't show everything that comes with that machine, the, the right. maintenance and stuff like that, the pre-tree, all that. It's just one minute clip of, hey, look, T-shirt goes in, comes out printed, and bingo, you're yeah. good. That to me is a bad way to sell that machine and irresponsible to the home business or the guy that's just trying to get started. Right, Because right. the technology is very much captivating because you're like, oh, man, that, that does everything for me. And when you see how much it costs, then it's like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? And some people go for it, man. They finance these machines, and then they can't – they have no work coming in. I yeah. promote – Figuring out who you're going to sell to first. That's mm -hmm. the biggest part of this business is how are you going to sell the T-shirt? Who are you going to sell it to before you buy all the equipment and everything that you want to get? Because if you just go out and buy everything, which everybody does, then they <laughs> sit on the equipment forever. Oh, uh, those, those calls are crazy, man. We have calls because, I mean, you know sublimation, right? Yeah. You got, you got the, the 500 to the 1,000? 500. You got the 500? 500. 500. We get calls from, hey, I just bought this this SG500 right now, but it's bleeding on my shirts. And I was like, well, what, what kind of shirt is it? Is it 100% polyester? Yeah. Oh, no, it's a cotton. And yeah. I'm like, oh, wait a second. You mean? And literally yeah. they watched one single video yeah. and then clicked through and, and then bought. And I feel so bad for them. Yeah. But uh, but but I get what I totally get what you're saying, because, yes, as a creator, there is a responsibility. There is. You have to just like let your people know. Yeah. Unless like you're just money hungry and you don't care about other people. Yeah. Then hey, <laughs> man, that affiliate money's cool. Yeah. But at the same exact time, man, I would hate to have that on my conscience that like I'm making these people buy this yeah. because of something I'm promoting. And I know that they're not going to be able to get their money out yeah. of it. And they're not taking those phone calls. We are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. It's, oh man, it's crazy. That's the. I had this conversation at, at Impressions with some of the other content creators. And when we talk about stuff that we actually use in our shop and when we talk about the stuff that we're showing and they find out that I have DTF printers and DTG printers at my shop, but I never talk about them. Mm -hmm. Or if not, I'm bashing them in video because I, I want to steer people away from jumping right in and buying that right yeah. away, right? Um, it's almost working backwards because they're promoting something. And then there's a channel like me saying, hey, before you buy yeah. that, look at this. And it's not nothing against those content creators or the companies they work with. It's just I know there's a responsibility for the content creator yeah. to really give them all the information. And you know your people, too, because like like for me, me, for example, like people who want to do stuff like how I'm doing. Yeah. Like that means they're they're also starting from home. Yeah. If there was a way to say, hey, you can only watch my videos 
if you have a business already running and yeah. you have, like if there's a way to filter who could watch videos, oh yeah, I think it would be much easier to present certain information. Yeah. But given that, you know your audience, a lot of them are startups. Like, yeah. like you respect that. You know your people. Yeah. And I, I think that's really cool. And, and of course, there's other channels like, um, you know, like they're, again, geared for like different businesses with yeah. different goals and stuff. So it fits for them. And that's why there's some guys that run shops, right? And they mm -hmm. have full shop and they're showing what they use and they have this equipment. But they also have the clientele coming in to use that equipment. And they don't understand that there's a home business watching them that just bought a cricket cutter. Right. And it's like, right. oh, now I need this DTG printer. Yeah. <laughs> you really don't need it, but that's what they're showing and that's what they're exposed to. And they think that's the basically how the world works in this t-shirt space, right? Yeah. But to me, it's I'd rather people spend the least amount of money to make more money instead yeah. of just dumping a ton of money into something that they're very green on. Yeah. And then you get started, you figure out the business, you figure out how to sell. Yeah. Like how you're saying. And then sure, if it works out, then of course, grow grow into yeah. other things. You can always upgrade later. That's what a lot of people don't understand. So I don't own an M-Press, right? Mm. But when people tell me what their budget is, and I say, hey, man, you should check out the M-Press. Yeah. And then they think, well, it doesn't have the functions that you're talking about. And then I tell them, like, you can always upgrade later, but get in for what your budget is now. Yeah. Test it out and see if it works for you. And if you can make money, you can always upgrade your stuff later. I like to tell people you could earn faster than you could save. Oh, yeah. In most cases. Oh, yeah. You could earn faster than you can save. So so just, just get in and start cranking out those orders. 100%, man. Yeah. To me, those people that start out like that they appreciate their equipment one because it's coming out of their own pocket they're not financing something yep. or, or they're not maxing out credit cards but they figure out a way how to make the money with the gear that they have yeah and sometimes they're like man i don't even need to upgrade you know what i mean like yeah. everything's working out perfect i don't need the press that i thought i needed yeah and it, like i said it comes down to production what makes you work a little bit easier and quicker go with that that's it. But I would hate for people to break the bank, man. That's yeah. That's a scary thing for me, man, because I, I understand that people work hard for their money, man. They work very hard. And, and if I'm over here telling them, man, don't buy this cheap press, buy this one, <laughs> then I feel pretty bad that, you know, I know some of them aren't going to, they're putting the focus into the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of kind of switching gears here yeah. a little bit. Um, you named your company Kino Creations after yeah. your son, right? Yeah. Like, I've seen your video. You talk about like creating legacy. Mm -hmm. Like, how would would you say that your family or family in general is like your main motivator or inspiration? Like, how oh, important yeah. is that to what you do? How important is that to what goes into every T-shirt? Yeah. So for myself, like with Kainoa Creations, I started that when he was born, and the idea was if I made him my partner, he gets half of everything, right? So Genius. from birth till, you know, he turns 18, he's getting half profits, half of everything. And I just put it up for him. Right. And that to me is what I do everything for is for my kids. So they could want for nothing and they just have an easier life. Right. Because I didn't have that. So I want now that I'm in a position that I can actually save for them and help them. And a lot of people think like, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to teach your son the ropes and you He's going to do whatever he wants, right? And to me, <laughs> yeah. and as a father yourself too, nobody ever sits you down and says, hey, this is how you're supposed to be a dad. This is how you're supposed to be a husband. What you do is you learn that through observation of whoever your father was and the older people in your life. Mm -hmm. You learn through observation, say, all right, this is what my dad did or this is what my grandfather did, and I'm going to start catering my life around that. So I just want my kids to see me working and doing and providing so then that way when they have their own families they understand all right this is what i have to do right i don't have to sit them down and say this is 
you got to take over the family business now. You got to do T-shirts. Right. What if he hates T-shirts? You know what I mean? I'm not going <laughs> to force them into it. Yeah. But I want them to see that I'm working and everything that I'm doing is for them. Mm -hmm. So then they understand. So when my daughter finds a husband, then she knows that, all right, my husband should be doing X, Y, and Z because this is what my dad showed me. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. That's the biggest uh, motivator for myself is I need my kids to see what I'm doing. Same thing with, you know, quitting my job. It'd be irresponsible for me to just quit my job and say, all right, I'm just going to work on this business yeah. because outside of that, medical insurance is a big deal, right? And if I had to pay Cobra, if I had to pay, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. So showing them the responsibility of what I'm doing is my main focus. Mm -hmm. I want them to understand what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and who I'm doing it for. And whether it's t-shirts or YouTube, and I don't even tell people I make YouTube videos. And to me, it's still a really weird, cringy thing to say, hey, man, I'm on YouTube, guys. Like, yeah. check out my videos to say that in person. So my friends, like lifelong friends that I've known since birth, don't even know I'm on YouTube. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not something I brag about. I mean, it's the accomplishment is cool, but yeah. it's not something that uh, I'm walking around saying, hey, man, I'm a YouTuber, guys. Like kind of weird for a 38 year old guy to be walking around <laughs> saying that you know that's what i mean funny. most of my friends didn't know i did anything with youtube yeah. until I'm not gonna lie when we got our silver plaque in the mail yeah i, I took i posted a picture with it yeah and, and that's it that's the only thing if you look at my instagram it's the only heat press related thing you're ever gonna see yeah is that silver plaque and it's funny like people are like wait wait what do you do wait wait i didn't know you had a channel I'm like yeah well it's not my channel it's a company channel i happen to be on it yeah but like it, it's so funny how, how like just keep that separate. It is. Yeah. Like, I think you used to follow me on my personal Instagram, and I don't talk about nothing T-shirt related on there. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about yeah. nothing YouTube related on there. That's kind of what inspired me, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, like my personal Instagram, nothing. Yeah. yeah. And to me, it's not that I'm ashamed of it, but it's just a totally separate thing from what I'm trying to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it doesn't define you as a person. No. It's just one thing that you do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when I have family functions, I'm not whipping out my phone and trying to create content and all that stuff. Even when I went to Impressions Expo, man, I, I rarely took out my phone to record anything. No camera. I said, I'm the worst YouTuber out there, man. I don't do it like how everybody else does it. And I don't, I don't take the same steps everybody else does. And it works for them. But for mm -hmm. me, I still feel weird pulling out my camera out in public, talking to it. Like that's yeah. kind of a, a weird thing for me. Right. But so my kids, like the funny thing is my kids will always tell me if somebody's watched my channel or they'll introduce me to one of their friends like hey man they saw you on youtube or, or they follow you on youtube i think it's funny but at the same time that's kind of where our world is at now right because everybody consumes content now. yeah everybody does it doesn't matter the age it, everybody's into it so i'm starting to get a better idea on embracing the content creator in myself but still weird to me <laughs> it's a trippy thing if you can go back in time mm -hmm. And talk to go back to what you said 96 97 yeah. brando and just tell like give him some advice like yeah. what would you tell him i would tell him figure out who you want to sell your shirts to that okay. was that's the biggest thing that i've struggled with early on was knowing who i wanted to sell to because if i knew who i was going to sell to then i designed my shirts way different back then because i was trying to create for the masses I didn't understand that if I took a smaller little group and designed directly for them, mm -hmm. then I could expand from there, right? And I say to my videos that it's easier to take over like your city than take over the whole world, right? If I could take over my city, it's then I genius. could eventually yeah. grow yeah. from that. But when you set out to take over the whole world, you're all it. over the place. You're trying to sell and you're trying to cater to too many people. So if I knew who I was going to sell to back then, I'd probably be a lot more successful in just building brand. Yeah. And 
Um, the other thing is I would hate for myself back then to limit myself to what I was doing because of fear of what somebody else thought. Mm -hmm. um, when I told people I made shirts, everybody thought it was like the weirdest thing, especially early <laughs> 2000s, late 90s. People thought it was the dumbest thing, kind of nerdy to own a business at that time. And it was kind of it wasn't yeah. as popular as it is now. And um, everybody kind of sets you up for failure and says, oh, that's not going to work out. Yeah. And I listened to a lot of those people back then. You know what I mean? Because I valued their opinion. But if I could go back and tell that person, you know, screw you, like I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. Um, and I embraced it early. Then I probably would have seen a lot more success early on. It's good stuff, man. Good yeah. stuff. Well, one more time, where can everybody find you? If people yeah. want to come check out your channel, they want to check out your clothing lines, like, why don't you give us a plug? Yeah, for me, I don't even need to plug no clothing lines or nothing like that. If you want to learn how to create stuff from home, Big Brando on YouTube. Instagram is Big Brando TV. Um, you'll find basically the information that is kind of raw and uncut, but also valuable information in each video. I, every piece of content that I put out, I'm hoping that there's a little nugget in there that somebody could take away. Even if it's very repetitive and the videos sound repetitive, I hope that there's something in there that somebody could take away from and learn from, build from, and make some money, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's it. Awesome. Well, dude, honestly, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah. Come sit down you. and talk with us, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Awesome.